0: number one. Number one sleep store.
1: Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds. Brought to you by an ice cold Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer. Michelob Ultra. Also the official beer of the PGA. The PGA is in town this week. Sanderson Farms Championship. And uh, Jason, if you would, give us an update, please, sir, as I introduce what we're going to do next. We're going to bring in Steve Palazzolo here in just a second, NFL insider, on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. But yeah, the PGA is in town, and our leaderboard updates are brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road and an ice cold Michelob Ultra. So we've got three golfers through 5 now. Okay. And but there's like a nine-way tie for first. Um so now at the top is Kevin Tway and Paul Haley the second again and looks like actually Paul Haley the second just well he just moved on to the 6th hole but there's a nine-way tie for first place. So sweet. Pretty pretty tight neck and neck um heading, you know, going through the first round. Yeah, well, enjoy the tournament and an ice cold Michelob Ultra throughout the weekend at uh, the Country Club of Jackson and the Sanderson Farms Championship. Leaderboard update brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop and Michelob Ultra. Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus, NFL insider, pff.com. And he joins us on 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Steve, uh, I know you've now got like nine kids, but prior to that, did you play any golf?
0: Uh, a little bit. I was never never very good, and I never had clubs that actually fit me. I, but I could crush the ball. You know, like I'll drive a par four every now and again, but I'll also uh, smack some windows on houses, you know, so it's a little hit or miss for me.
1: Yeah, so you're six foot ten, and I guess you never had, like, custom-fit clubs?
0: Correct. Yeah, I never played enough to get the custom-fit, so I don't think I've really gotten a good gauge of my game which to that point, you know, to this point has been pretty poor overall, other than, like I said, crushing a drive every now and then.
1: I love it. Okay. And by the way, you can get custom clubs at Edwin Watts Golf Shop, a custom fit Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Steve, let's talk Dak and the Cowboys. Uh, How did y'all grade? um, I know the two, you know, defensive touchdowns, but on Dak, how did y'all grade Dak against the New England Patriots?
0: Yeah, we had it as one of his best games, probably his best game of the season, you know, one of his best throws up the seam that probably should have been a touchdown. He's had a couple of those so far this year. So yeah, I thought it was a good a good clean game for Dak overall from a grading standpoint. I'm still of the mind though that we haven't learned a ton about the Cowboys offense through 4 weeks just because he's been he's been playing with over a 10-point lead for, you know, a big chunk of his dropbacks. Um, and I think that's that's made the Cowboys a little bit more conservative, right? You just want to take care of the ball and uh, and just, you know, get to the end of the game because you're winning by a lot. So um, I think overall Dak, bounced, he bounced back great. I'll say that. You know, he was coming off his worst game, had an excellent game. He did that last year, you know, week 18 against Washington, had the bad game, and then came back in the playoffs and had a great game against the Bucks. So I think that was good to see. Um, but obviously, big test this week with the Niners.
1: Okay, Uh, this is Jeff Saturday with ESPN, former center for the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning, talking about the Cowboys-49ers matchup in Dak this weekend.
0: Uh, Let me just say this about Dak Prescott, right? We we bash Dak Prescott more than any other quarterback, which is obviously ridiculous. But when you talk about the Niners... Their defense does this to every quarterback, bro. This is not new. It's not new to make it really hard on a quarterback. It's a great defense. Not not one player on the defense. All three levels of this defense are really good. So do you think Dak Prescott to throw for 500 yards? You're lying to yourself. Nobody throws for 500 yards. Limit your turnover. Give yourself a shot at the end. But do not expect Dak to come out here and just torch this defense because nobody does. It's just that's not what you're looking for. You're just looking for consistency.
1: He was uh, staring right at RG3, who has had a uh, big time uh, every time that Dak doesn't play well. But take that out. Uh, do you agree or disagree with Jeff Saturday, Steve Palazzola?
0: I mean, I, I agree with the point that, you know, the the if if we're talking about how good is Dak on Monday morning, the expectations are certainly going to be on a curve when you're playing the 49ers defense. And, um, you know, as, as I said, don't, just if we don't, If we don't give them fodder, you know, if we don't give them fodder, like who cares what RG3 thinks about Dak Prescott? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think from like a Cowboys game plan standpoint, you have to say, yeah, we have to be able to mix it up and move the ball and take care of the ball for sure against this uh, excellent 49ers defense. And then from a Dak perception standpoint, I think there's definitely some truth there that, you know, he doesn't have to – he's not going to put up 300 yards and three touchdowns, and that doesn't have to be the expectation against the Niners, you want to do just enough to win. And I think, you know, I definitely think Dak is, is capable of that.
1: Okay. So the, the over is 45, we're looking at a smash mouth game and like almost first one to 21 to 23 is the winner. Is that kind of how you see it or no, Steve?
0: I mean, it's a, it's a tough one because I, you know, the, the Niners are good on both sides of the ball. And as much as I, I, I try to like really preface any of my Brock Purdy analysis with if you just look at the stats, you would think, you know, he's Patrick Mahomes. And if you just, you know, gave Kyle Shanahan all the credit, you wouldn't give anything to Brock Purdy. And the truth is somewhere in between, but the Niners, the uh, offense can move the ball and they have all their playmakers. They're all healthy. And, but the Cowboys also have a potentially explosive offense. Now we haven't had to see it a whole lot. I know they've scored a lot of points this year, but a lot of that's been on defense and special teams. They can be an explosive offense. So I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout or a defensive struggle. I think it's going to be close though. So I think that's my, it'll be close, but the, you know, the game flow early on will dictate if it becomes, you know, a, a game in the high twenties or a game in the low twenties or in the teens. But, um, you know, both sides of both teams are really good. And if the Cowboys get those turnovers, those are the things that you can't always bank on. If the Cowboys get turnovers, if they catch a couple of those Brock purdy Aaron passes that he's gone away with this year, then that changes the game. And that's how the Cowboys have built their defense. So it really depends on some of those early mistakes, I think, from for both teams.
1: Uh, here's where I am. If the tight ends continue to drop passes where Dak is throwing dimes, I mean, that's got to be a big piece of the conversation because there are other players in the league that make those catches and you cannot emphasize how big they are.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you got to catch the ball, but I mean, overall, I think the tight end room for Dallas is is intriguing because of their average. Uh, at, well, their athleticism, and you know, they, they do have some big playability, and they're nice. They're nice complements to Ceedee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, just from a skill set standpoint. But yeah, you got to catch the ball, obviously, and um, I think drops could be a little overrated. They could come in bunches, and then they're fine. So I, I think the tight ends will be okay for the Cowboys.
1: Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Okay. What? Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro football focus, pff.com. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Okay, so for us here, it's Cowboys 49ers game of the week. Well, I guess nationally what's the other game that's really really intriguing for you
0: um where i just reviewed all the games yesterday give me the other all right, driving let, right me this, what, let me throw, throw this let me throw this out
1: eagles at the rams ravens at the steelers
0: i mean ravens and steelers always very interesting um the Steelers are coming off just a terrible loss, and they the Ravens are. are looking good. But they always play top those two teams, and the Steelers, you know, they have that knack under Mike Tomlin. When their backs against the wall, they seem to surprise. I think they're backs against the wall coming off a, a beatdown against the Texans. Um, we were talking about it on the podcast yesterday, though. Eagles Rams that 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 spreads like four and a half. You know, as last time I saw it, if you told me before the season what the spread is going to be, I thought it'd be double digits. Eagles and Rams, but the Rams are feisty. They're young, and Stafford's playing great ball, even though he's banged up right now. Puka Nakua setting all sorts of records as a rookie. Aaron Donald's still Aaron Donald. So that is an intriguing game in the four o'clock window. Eagles Rams. I like the Eagles. I think they have the ability to, to really exploit the Rams' offensive line, which has been hit or miss this year. And uh, but but I'm just I'm impressed with the Rams and what they've done to be as competitive as they've been. With it looked like a roster of of three stars, you know Stafford, Cup and Donalds three stars in like a you know the Senior Bowl roster. That's what it looked like coming into the season, and uh, and they're playing great so far this year. So I'm I've been impressed with the Rams. I think they'll give the Eagles a top game.
1: Do you think that? Uh, do you like the four and a half? Do you like laying the four and a half for the Eagles, or do you do you believe it will be closer I, than that?
0: I I would take the Eagles. I mean, because like I said, I think there's still this. Just a few weeks ago, perception would have the Eagles by at least a touchdown, I think. And so I think that world can still exist. The Rams are playing great, but they're you know Stafford's hurt, and when the Rams don't play well, there are certain games where their offensive line just gets absolutely destroyed. We saw that on Monday Night Football against the Bengals. We saw it against the Niners. So that's the Eagles have the ability to just you know wreck the Rams' offensive line, which has been basically good in two games, not so good in the other two games. I'm expecting the Eagles to have a lot of success up front. So, I
1: would take the Eagles to cover it. All right. Uh, discussing the lines, uh, powered by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Bet $50 there. Play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for 30 bucks. Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, joining us. PFF.com. He dropped his podcast for the week yesterday. All right. Um, Joe Burrow. They're one in three. They play the Cardinals. Who I know they beat the Cowboys a couple. That's their only win. They beat the, they beat up on the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Um, what what's wrong with with Burrow and the Bengals?
0: A lot. Um, Burrow's clearly playing hurt. Now he says he's healthy this week. He says he feels great, but you could tell through four games. At first I thought, hey, maybe he's just rusty. He didn't have camp. But then you're watching the Bengals play, and you can tell. First off, they won't. They won't run plays under center because I think they're trying to take as much of the, you know, wear and tear off that calf. So not even having him take two or three steps to go execute a handoff, it feels like the Bengals are trying to protect him. So they're working out of the shotgun. They're still throwing the ball a ton, but it's all short passes. It's all get the ball out of Burrow's hands, you know, to protect him in part because the offensive line isn't blocking again. And then what, you know, when it's a short passing game, you lose the ability of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to make plays down the field. And as great as Jamar Chase is, I don't want him catching eight bubble screens a game. He's good at that, but he's like that's not his strength. It's like asking Randy Moss to you know to be a you know a short threat. You know, so you just everything's off right now for the Bengals. And I think it'll all start with Joe Burrow's health. And then when they do try to get down the field, he doesn't have a great arm generally. And if you lose a little bit of that power, that base it makes it that much worse it's, it's probably a little bit harder for him to overcome than say like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen uh, because Burrow's more of a he's got a good enough arm but you know more of a precision thrower down the field so everything's just off for Cincinnati on top of their secondary you know they lost their two veteran safeties this offseason let them walk Jesse Bates Von Bell and their two you know young safeties aren't playing very well so it's a big mess right now in Cincinnati. They had a nice win on Monday Night Football against the Rams, but you know it's going to start with Burrow and the offense being more explosive. And right now they're pretty much the worst offense in the NFL.
1: And so as he gets healthy, you expect this to turn on a dime.
0: Yeah, like it's it's one of those things. Like if Joe Burrow was a rookie, you know if he was Bryce Young playing like this, we'd say, oh man, you know, did is this a mistake? Should he not have been the number one overall pick? But but we have a track record of success for Joe Burrow. We've seen him play. We've seen him play like a top three quarterback in the NFL for the last two years. So, yeah, at some point, you know, he'll be back, I think. And Jamar Chase is still great. And T. Higgins is playing through a broken rib, but he's still great. Uh, it's just a matter of, is it going to be too late? Are they going to be one and five or one and six before Burrow's really looking like himself? I think that's the big question here in my hometown of Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. He joins us on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guess line. what's your read after 4 weeks in the NFL? I mean, uh, hey Bo, it's always like this, same old, same old, crazy. Some teams playing well, some not. Or is there like a a trend or something that's jumping out at you analytically that says, "Oh, this is happening this year and this is interesting and we're we're following this." Steve.
0: So I think I thought last year at this time, In the NFL, there were it was more surprising because I think the NFL did I don't know if they did it on purpose but it seemed like last year they scheduled the bad teams to play each other early and the good teams to play each other early. So I remember last year around week four, it felt like the entire league was two and two, and you had some really good teams who were two and two because they had a a tougher schedule, and you had some bad teams that were two and two because they had an easier schedule. I I don't think we're we're, we're getting that as much this year. It feels like it's more true. Um, last year, we also saw the Giants and Vikings as two teams that completely overachieved by every metric, right? You never watched the Giants last year and said, yeah, of course, they're a 10-win team. And the Vikings won all their one-score games and, you know, pulled them out. But you were thinking, this can't sustain. And now this year, it's not sustaining. You know, the Giants were a bit of a – I don't want to say fraud, but they were <laughs> – you know what I mean? They they overachieved. Like, the worst thing that happened to them is probably overachieving in year one of a rebuild. If They won four games. If they, of course, they they won four games. You know, they, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball are just coming in here, rebuilding this thing. So that's one thing that stood out. I also think it's intriguing, you know, the Rams again. Um, and then you throw the Vikings in there. There are a couple teams that just are, are kind of like old school NFL. Remember, you see like teams that would get rid of veterans and then bring in young guys. And it felt really uncomfortable because you're like, man, all these big name players left. But sometimes it would work because the NFL, uh, you know, guys get old and they stop playing well and young players, you know, it's a young man's game and all that fun stuff. And the Rams have done it and had some success. And the Vikings haven't had that success just yet, but there are some teams that are losing all these veterans and, you know, still staying competitive, I guess, is one of the things that stood out to me. because That's fun and intriguing because it's not all, all about the big names. At non-quarterback in the NFL, a lot of times it's giving the young guys a chance, and we're seeing some of the teams around the NFL trying that.
1: Okay. Uh, how How can Steve Palazzolo, NFL Insider, on the show? how concerned should Saints fans be with their offense?
0: I'm I'm starting to get concerned, and I was I try not to overreact to things, but a week ago. I was, I was optimistic. I thought Jameis was going to start, and I, I still really love their pass catchers. You know, I think there's so much potential there. But whether it's just Carr playing hurt last week, uh, but either way, Carr's playing even below his standard. And I guess my concern would be Derek Carr last year posted the lowest PFF grade of his career since his rookie season. So since 2014, last year was his worst performance. And you could explain it away as Josh McDaniels, new system, whatever you want to call it. But I thought he would bounce back this year and look a lot more like the, you know, QB that he was the rest of his Raiders years, which isn't great, but, you know, an upper mid-tier quarterback. And if he's not going to be that guy, that would be a big concern because that was the the investment for the Saints. And I thought that Carr would be in the situation where he had a Chris Olave as a one and Shahid and Thomas and Juwan Johnson, all those guys. I love rattling them off because they're good. They're really good. Um, So I'm a little concerned about Carr. I know he's hurt and was hurt last week, but that's a bit of a concern. And, you know, the the defense, as I said, for the Saints, they're always capable. Like, they have those games where they just shut down opposing offenses. You just never know when they're going to show up. That's, you know, six or seven times a year maybe they play that shut down defense. If they're not doing that, they're not a very good team right now. So they got to figure it out offensively. And uh, it starts with Carr. Whether he's hurt or not, they got to figure out a way to get the ball down the field more effectively because they have playmakers to do it.
1: And Tampa Bay... So when, when you're thinking about Saints fans and you know, they landed Derek Carr in the offseason. that you just mentioned they still have enough juice on defense and these playmakers at wide receiver, um, and the schedule that they pulled, I know it's early, but they're two and two and Baker and the Buccaneers are playing pretty good. Are they really playing good or is there something there that it's fool's goal as far as Tampa Bay and 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 Baker?
0: I, I, I never know with Baker Mayfield, you know, because he hasn't played this so well in four years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic with Baker Mayfield, you know, as, as maybe I should have been my, the entire time. But I'll say this, you know, the Bucs, and, you know, last year I thought Byron Leftwich as offensive coordinator, the offense became pretty stale. And Dave Canales comes in and he's done a great job. Just Just simple stuff, play action. Getting their playmakers in one on ones, scheming up some open throws. And then Mayfield has a little bit of that old, you know, that it factor that I did like, which was like, hey, it's third and five. I'm going to grit it out for a six yard game. You know, I'm going to, he's running for a few extra first downs. His pocket presence is far better than I've seen in about seven years. And so there are some little things that are encouraging, I think, for, you know, if you're a Bucks fan, which of which not many people are who I'm talking to, but. That's what's happening with the Bucks, And then on top of that, Todd Bowles is a good defensive coach, and they have a good defense. So they're playing tough defense, and the offense is better than expected. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin, and they're getting those guys the ball. So, um, yeah, I've been impressed with the Bucks so far. I think the schedule hasn't been all that difficult. So there's, you know, they got they got waxed pretty pretty good by the Eagles, and I think that was telling. But last week was a big game, obviously. The Bucs don't always play well in the Dome, and they did. And so, yeah, I think they're better than I expected as they head into their bye at 3-1. and
1: Wow. Okay. is Are they the surprise of the NFL?
0: I think they're one of them, I, but I think that's, again, the the nature of the NFL is the Bucks. like all the N- NFC South teams have the easiest schedules in the NFL. And I know the Saints aren't necessarily taking advantage of it, but the Bucs are. Um, Falcons might not be taking advantage of it yet, but I think that's going to make the South teams look a little bit better as the season goes on. So, yeah, the Bucks. I think they're one of the surprises, but again, I think they you know, fine line between being three and one and two and two so far. So I'm not ready to crown them. But yeah, the Bucks are, you know, again, overachieving at three and one. I'd say. Okay.
1: Wow. Um. Speaking of baseball and the fact that you played with the San Francisco Giants AAA, did you see that Kirk Cousins went to the Minnesota Twins last game last night and paid for his own tickets?
0: I saw that. I saw that. I saw a picture of that, yeah. Kirk just being a fan.
1: I mean, you know, you've been around athletes. I have too, bunch of them. I mean, they won't pay for a piece of gum if they have any kind of... I mean, I'm talking about guys that are... nobody knows. I Did that...
0: that's yeah. no, true. Kirk's endearing himself to people just by being a regular guy, for the most part.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, I,
0: you know he could have picked... I did not pay for my Florida-Kentucky tickets last week. And I'm glad you up. didn't. I am glad I didn't either. That was a beatdown.
1: Oh, yeah, people your team like got Kentucky. their ass kicked. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, bad. Yeah, it's all right. I don't, really, I don't really care that much. I enjoyed it. Kentucky, the stadium was rocking, though. It was great. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Yeah,
1: Commonwealth, it's funny. I've been in there several times. You, you, you don't ever know what you're going to get. You know, I've been in there when it's 20,000 people. Uh, because they didn't care about football forever, and then now they right. they've really got this this juice going. And what Stoops has done is is impressive. They're mean, man. They bullied Florida, Steve.
0: Big time. Oh yeah, they won up front. They you know the running back was outstanding. That was really impressive. I, I think they'll give Georgia a game this week. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I hope they do, man. I hope so, and I hope Bama and A and M's crazy, and I hope Texas and Oklahoma is crazy, and I hope you convince your kids that it's the cool thing to do. Uh, Cause I know, you know, you're, you're jam packed on Sunday, but
0: we gotta, we gotta go to a farm in the morning. I'm trying to get the farm trip out of the way in the morning so I can get back to the games. You got to get back to those noon Eastern games, you know? Yeah, so, dude. Uh, I'm trying to try oh. to work that properly. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. You got to get out of the house by like, I don't know if this is possible, eight 30 or nine. And, and yeah,
0: that's what I'm pushing for. Let's go get, get the, get you the, know, get the, get the fall stuff out of the way and, okay. get back and watch the game.
1: Uh, what are you like picking out a pumpkin or something? I don't. What's that? I
0: have no idea. That's I got you just
1: told. I get it. You know? I've been there. Yeah, uh, I'm an empty nester now, but I remember those days. Okay, <laughs> all right, buddy. Hey, uh, you're awesome, and uh, we appreciate you. And I hope you have a great weekend. Okay. All
0: right. Thank you. You
1: too. See you, buddy. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. It's uh, it's the top site when it comes to covering the NFL. Loaded with analytics, among other things. Palazzolo's got his podcast. And he joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We'll have a Southern Farm Sanderson Farms Championship (laughs) leaderboard update for you brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road and an ice-cold Michelob Ultra. Throw some burgers on the grill tonight and enjoy an ice-cold Michelob Ultra. We'll be back in a
0: second.